a matter of time, I suppose. Welcome to Watchmen Minute, where we take a look at the director's cut of Zack Snyder's Watchmen, one minute at a time. My name is Travis Bowe from the Real Comic Heroes podcast. I'm Eric Nash from Almost Famous Minute. I'm Norman Mitchell from Lord of the Rings Minute. And I'm Cassandra Fredrickson, also from Lord of the Rings Minute. Hey, you two. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Welcome to Minute 171, which starts with Night Owl pleading Rorschach to wait and ends with Rorschach leaving Karnak. And how. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny, when I I, uh, came back to the... Uh, this this minute today to just to uh, refresh my notes and and take another look at it and everything. Um, when Ror- uh, when when Night Owl runs up to Rorschach and and says to wait, um, I feel like in this movie there exists a uh, a trailer's worth of material that's just waiting to be re edited into a some sort of forbidden love romance between uh, those oh, two. Hell yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, it, oh, they're it, very like they're very gentle handshake just before they leave for Antarctica. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and, and just That's the why trailers Rorschach's were so mad at the gays, <laughs> right? Yeah. So I'd like to see that movie, but uh, so Daniel, you are my friend. <laughs> that was a very robotic Rorschach. It's perfect. Ah. <laughs> uh. Yeah, this is this is a, a few minutes where not not much is really going on in the scenes themselves. It's love standing around talking. Good job picking Norman. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I beg to differ. I think there's a lot going on in this week. <laughs> I mean, visually, I mean, there's not much going on. There's a lot of people oh, standing sure. around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there are a couple of really cool visuals and a really subtle one in the next minute, but... Mm. Uh, this minute has my favorite Rorschach line. Okay. Which is never compromise, even in the face of Armageddon, right? Sure. Oh, no, that's... Is that this one? Yeah, that's... that's this yeah, that's here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the thing I noted about that that segment of this minute is, is Rorschach's slight turns, little bits of turning, not all the way... He's never all the way facing back to Dan, but he's just, uh, you know, talking back to him and, you know, over the shoulder partially and then and a little more mm-hmm. but never all the way and, and, and that's then he goes the out, and then he goes out the door that's the kind of body language that is like yeah. asking dan to follow him without mm. actually asking mm. him to like because he views he views dan as his only friend mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so that's his way of like kind of also begging back to dan to be like are, are we in this together or not right like any any uses his name right right at the end of it and then like they don't say goodbye which i think is kind of notable mm-hmm. yeah it, i think that that's what leads into the reaction later this week yeah, yeah. It, it's an amazing level of performance that you get from a character that is just a guy in a mask you know so what jackie earl haley is able to do um with mostly what i'm assuming is voiceover you know because I'm, I'm sure all the lines that all the dialogue is probably added later, um, combined with just uh, like Eric was talking about the, the subtle head movements and and just the choices that he's making with uh, you know 
with the the physical performance. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, I've, I know I've seen images in probably the film Companion of him wearing. Uh, it's kind of like a balaclava, if you know what that is. Like a, it's almost yeah. like, a, like a ski mask, basically, um, for race car drivers. But um, that's basically what he's wearing. Um, so you can kind of get his eyes, you know, so the you can see how he's emoting and, and everything. So I'm I'm assuming that that would help with the digital artists, you know, have to go in later and then add the. The, the stuff that's going on with the mask. Um, but it, right, it's, and they have to work around the imprints, mm-hmm. like the the impressions where the eye sockets yeah. and the mouth movements yeah. would be. It's almost but, like I'd like to see a cut of this scene where they don't have any of the digital, you know, uh, rendering of the, the ink blot and just to see how he is actually playing this scene. Because um, I, I, I feel like he's doing a hell of a job just – with his eyes and with, you know, like we'll see later this week without the mask. He's, he's a fantastic actor and, you know, it's just really impressive that it still comes through with this mask covering the face. Mm -hmm. And I think it's, it's worth noting too, that the mask is the, the blots are actually fairly still in this moment as well Mm. compared to other places in the movie where they move around a lot more. Yeah. So that's that's definitely a really conscious decision when it's like the more emotional beats for Rorschach, the mask doesn't move as much. Yeah, so it's not as distracting from what he's saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it also makes it feel like it also makes it feel like a quieter moment if it's also not moving as much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The uh, so he stands in front of this uh, iris style. Uh, or what are they called in a in a camera? The An aperture. Aperture. Thank you. Yeah the the door kind of has that same kind of quality, and um, kind of curious. Like, is there like a pressure sensitive plate that he's standing on, like an old grocery store door or a motion sensor? You know, it's really dark when we see him, so I don't know if he's reaching out and opening, a, hitting a button to open the doors, but. They they kind of want him to to not leave. So couldn't they? Couldn't Adrian have just locked the doors or well, disabled some sort of you know the ability to just walk up to them and have them open? Well, what's Rorschach gonna do? Steal Archie? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> and how far is he gonna get? Like, right. he, I'm sure he doesn't really know how to fly the damn thing all the way back to to America from Antarctica. <laughs> Pull up on the lever. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think that's 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 a point I was making uh, last minute uh, Friday, even that. Uh, yeah, it's 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 kind of hard to conceive that that Rorschach, while having been in the <laughs> been in the ship and not really helping Dan that much getting there. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was giving doing some backseat driving, but <laughs> yeah, but, in uh, his in his yeah. wonderful flat way. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that. Maybe his reasoning is like, oh, I'm going to insult Dan's, like, morality. Mm. And then he's going to come around and then we're going to fly out of here together. Right. Mm. Yeah. That's how friendship works. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I'm going to guilt him into feeling bad about what he's doing. We're going to have another awkward handshake. Yeah. 
Rorschach's journal, it was a good day. <laughs> a fine day. That's how he would put it, probably. Yeah. It almost feels with uh, with Night Owl running up to him and telling him to wait. Like, I wonder what what is Night Owl, what is his plan? What is he going to say to get him to stay? Like, what was his argument going to be to for Rorschach to forget his, you know, agenda of never compromising and right. stay and keep this big secret that the rest of them have all, I guess, uh, agreed to keep. Not really by choice. Yeah. They all feel forced into it. Sure. But Rorschach not feeling forced into it is, I don't know. Night Owl is a very not convicted person. He doesn't have a lot of conviction anywhere in this movie. Sure, he's a little pliable here in these in this I guess last week and and here, yeah. So, I mean, seeing Rorschach still committed to this is probably just continues to give Night Owl pause as well, maybe I should go along with him. And he doesn't know what to say to Rorschach. He never does, clearly. <laughs> yeah. Do you want me to heat that up for you? <laughs> Like he doesn't—he doesn't even get mad at him for breaking into his house. He doesn't even like give him any crap for it. Yeah, he never knows what to say to Rorschach <laughs> until he just finally can't stand it anymore, and then that's when he does have his one outburst, and then mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, right. And I mean, I mean, he clearly doesn't actually think that Rorschach is crazy, but he's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> he just. I don't know. Night Owl never knows what to do. I don't think he ever, I don't think the scene implies that Night Owl had any plan or idea of what he was going to say to Rorschach. He just doesn't want to watch his friend walk, walk out yeah. into the Antarctic desert and die. <laughs> right. Is it almost like he's kind of going through the motions of no, wait, come back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. He just, he doesn't know what else to do other than ask him to stop. Yeah. Rorschach mentions Armageddon, which is, uh, says in the New Testament, it's the last battle between good and evil before the day of judgment, which, you know, feels, I mean, obviously it's, it's an appropriate word to use here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's also, um, it says a dramatic and catastrophic, catastrophic conflict typically seen as likely to destroy the world or the human race, uh, nuclear Armageddon. But that's been averted. Yeah. Has it, though? As long as everyone keeps this secret. Right, as long as they all keep their mouth shut. But, like, how many people... How, like, he says 15 million people. Yeah. That's, yeah. A, that's a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> also, that number seems really low. <laughs> yeah, we... I think that's what someone else said too. But I mean, the population of the planet was, yeah, like forty percent lower than it is right now in nineteen eighty-five. Mm. It was a little more than yeah, half as many probably. people. Yeah, the the rate at which the population has grown since then is pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. So maybe fifteen million was pretty close for nineteen eighty-five. And if it was the the couple cities that got attacked, you know the. The destruction was relatively contained within, you know, like even with New York, it's not, it wasn't the entire city of New York that got destroyed. It was, you know. Like five, six like, blocks. Um, eh, more than that, but, but 
uh, in relation to the size of Manhattan, it was probably like a, a fourth of the island that got destroyed. My God. So still a lot of people, you know, on the outskirts of the crater that was created that would have, you know, still been uh, killed and then mm-hmm. less and less as it as that blast radius goes out. But yeah. I mean, we were here for it. I love the way that John, that, that Dr. Manhattan enters this scene, like a disappointed mm. parent when he <laughs> walks up those stairs to Vite. Yeah. Yeah. He just always has a look on his face, like a, like a disappointed parent. <laughs> so we have, uh, Adrian beginning to talk about feeling the death of, of every, feeling every death and seeing every innocent face. And he's just, to me, it just seems like he's so full of shit. Right? Yeah, for a guy um, who throws around the word sociopath, he sure the hell is one. <laughs> well, it's, it is, for me, it's one of the only times in the movie here that he really fails to stand up to his convictions, that we've seen him um, be a rock in, in terms of... Um, doing what he believes, you know, so far, you know, up until this point, he's, he's never wavered as far as uh, believing that this was the right thing to do. Um, but then to say this, that, that he's felt every death and seen every face, um, it's, I don't know. It's just really, uh, just a little crap. I think. Yeah. (laughs) It comes off as really disingenuous. I, I mean, I don't remember the actor's name. I literally just looked this up. But uh, <laughs> I just can't remember because I don't know if I've ever seen him in anything else. Okay. It's uh, Matthew um, Good. Matthew Good. Uh, I think he's the only like straight up miscast role in the movie. Mm. I don't I, I don't find him to be a believable Ozymandias. Is he not like charismatic enough? Yeah, I just I don't I don't ever feel like he has the right like force of personality. Also, like he's he's not he. He doesn't look like he should have been a threat to the comedian, whereas right. like in the comic book, Adrian Veidt is just as big and bulky as the comedian is. Yeah, he's also like a jacked dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's very he's a lot more slender here. I, th- I think, and he than... doesn't fight all scrappy and brutal like Rorschach does. <laughs> well, apparently he like moves at the speed of sound. So yeah, he can catch it. He can catch a goddamn bullet. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we haven't. We don't know yet. Has that happened? Yeah, that's happened. Oh, okay. I get that confused. I always think that happens after this. Yeah, this is yeah, this is pretty much the the last little bit before they'll all kind of leave uh, Karnak here. Yeah, man. He used to joke he could catch bullet. He might yeah. kill us both out there in the snow. Mm. <laughs> uh, you're talking about the 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 line that Adrian's saying is, "I've made myself feel every death." and so forth. But what I'm curious about is, is, you know, he's just talking in the room within earshot. It's just, uh, Laurie and John, right? You know, Dan, Dan is over off to the side near that exit entrance, you know, and really between the two, I think he's, you know, I'm pretty sure would we all agree that he's really just talking to John, right? Yeah. He's just trying to justify this. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. And a little bit to himself. I think he's trying to reassure okay, yeah. himself of what he's done. Um, I do like the fact that he says the word murdered 
Um, up until now, it's been a lot of uh, sacrifice, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I think there's a subtle there's a there's a difference there between murder and sacrifice because, you know, right. I think when people like this or situations like this, when they say, you know, they've all been sacrificed for the greater good and that kind of thing, it's almost like they're being honored, you know, here, you know, it's at least good that he says Mm-hmm. Or, or admits that he just straight up murdered, you know, 15 million people. Right. And so. that's like a, that's a crack in his logic because if he was really right. totally committed, he might've used the word martyred instead mm. of murdered. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely think he's, he's justifying himself to John and I like yeah. John's response. Oh yeah. To all of this. Yeah. The neither condemning, the neither condoning nor condemning. Mm. I understand. Yeah, it's a much cooler way of saying agree to disagree. But, yeah, uh, which no one can say without sounding like an asshole. <laughs> but I'm gonna, I'm gonna remember. Doctor Manhattan, I'm, kind of an asshole. This whole oh, room yeah. is full of assholes. <laughs> like arguably the least, the the smallest asshole in oh. this whole space <laughs> is Night Owl. <laughs> oh. What did he ever really do like wrong? Um. Busted Rorschach out of prison. <laughs> okay, but like people are just like, oh, he he helped Lori cheat. Lori showed up at his door and said, "I left John." Yeah, no, that's fine. Like, and Rorschach refers to it as an affair, but like, <laughs> Lori shows up and is just like, "I broke up with him." Do you want to? Do you want to go? You want to fight crime? You want to fight fight crime and then fucking your owl jet? Oh my god. <laughs> The costumes are part of this for you, I guess. <laughs> um, the other, the big thing I noticed with uh, John throughout this, the the very first couple seconds, and then in later in the later seconds of this minute, uh, he's blinking a bit more than he usually does, mm. and that's been a thing that we've uh, learned from Adrian that uh, that's something he studied kind of and yeah. could tell that uh, that uh, Doctor Manhattan was getting. Getting a little uh, off his game and a little uh, affected, weirded out. Yeah, yeah, affected by. I noticed by, his uh, his eyebrows. And different things. He he was a little bit more expressive with his eyebrows in this minute um, than I have noticed before. But I sometimes just kind of can't take the Doctor Manhattan line seriously because I'm waiting for him to say, "For everything else, there's Mastercard." <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That was my the, the one thing I knew Billy Crudup from. Uh, this and Big Fish. Mm. Of course, for me, it's uh, I'm a blue god. What? For, for my next uh, movie by minute. Oh, podcast, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. I'm a golden god. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so here, he's a blue god. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm a blue god. <laughs> That's fine. Um, We've we've see the uh, the TVs that Adrian's looking at, and I did notice that on one screen it has uh, it's channel three, it's live. It says Tiffany Burns, and then she's she's the one who was reporting on the TV in the bar, um, informing us and informing Night Owl that Hollis Mason was killed. So we talked about her then. Um, I noticed, and she's the one that's a she's a real reporter, yes. and, and had that murder stuff happen with her family. Yeah, yeah, her yeah. brother convicted of murder. Of yeah. Um, the TV next to her, 
next to that one is I think it says Felicity Williams, which I feel like we mentioned before. I feel like she was her name was on a, another TV screen earlier, much earlier in the movie. Um, and there's another one, Channel Four, with Carolyn Kennard, which uh, there and and looking all these other people up in IMDb is impossible because there's probably 20 people that are just credited as um, foreign correspondent or mm-hmm. newscaster or um, a lot of them don't even have photos with with the names. So, and just FYI, real quick, the Tiffany Burns minute that she was in was 1:39. There you go. It's a great uh, foreshadowing moment uh, to take us into the kind of the the last thing we see with uh, Rorschach, but but going from John saying "I understand," it's like it's it's him saying "I I know what needs to be done," and then we cut to Rorschach. So it's a nice bit of foreshadowing for mm-hmm. what we're gonna see tomorrow. I think. Well, it's really kind of like a wink, wink, nudge, nudge kind of, you know, I, you know, here's what you're going to do. And he's like, "Uh, yeah, I guess I will. Yeah. Good. Good. Good idea. Good talk. (laughs) Well, under the table. Well, and I guess if you back that up to what Adrian was Mm -hmm. saying, you know, uh, the every death, every innocent face that he's murdered to save humanity, mm-hmm. that leading into, you know, you know what must be done. So, yeah, you need to go out and murder Rorschach to save humanity. Yep. I guess we got that to look forward to. <laughs> um, anything else? Uh, no. um, I did find on, um, uh, I, I Googled uh, the condoning or condemning, and uh, the one interesting uh, thing I found was from that uh, Quora again, and it's it's someone a- it was someone asking the question: If Adrian Veidt told Doctor Manhattan his plan from the beginning, would he have joined Veidt? Mm-hmm. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe yeah. because maybe before the conversation on Mars, he was even more detached. Right. Okay. Yeah. If you, I think, if you present. Manhattan with enough logic and facts yeah. and data, I think he would he's the type of character that I, I think would see like, you know, if we don't do this, then you know, seventy five percent of the, the world's population is going to die. But if I do this, then it's like point three something percent of the population of the world that, that ends up being killed. So Maybe at at that point, Manhattan would be like, okay, yeah, you're right. Then there's no point in in discussing it any further. So I could could see it going that way. Yeah. I mean, he says in that that TV interview before Janie Slater shows up that, structurally speaking, there's no difference between a live human and a dead one. (laughs) Yeah. You know, intercut with Laurie killing some guy with a knife. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I like the uh, the editing there in that uh, back in that uh, week. I think there's a lot of good like back and forth editing like that in this movie. I haven't seen it in a while, so I kind of forgot. But some of it's put together really well. Mm. Why don't you tell everyone uh, where you guys are from and where they can find you? Um, we are 
from Lord of the Rings Minute, uh, which is like this, but with Lord of the Rings. Um, and you can find that and many other Movies by Minute podcasts over on DuelingGenre.com. And we are also on Twitter at L-O-T-R Minute. And Facebook, I guess, but <laughs> we're not as active on Facebook. <laughs> sure. And here we are at the at the just just so close to the end of our three hour movie, and you guys are <laughs> what two thirds of the way through one part of your project. Yeah. Uh, uh, we finished two towers. Yeah. <laughs> one part of our project. Well, are you guys doing the Hobbit? movies yeah, right. uh, it's, probably not it's all, it's all peter okay. jackson probably okay I, I think we're we're just gonna do the the lord of the rings yeah, okay someone who is um more passionate in a positive direction can have sure a hobbit. Okay. <laughs> yeah. that that's yeah that's that's uh that makes sense and that's fair i, I liked i liked all three as i saw them in the theater but I've only really rewatched the first one. Mm. I think. Yeah, there was a steep, like a steep decline in quality yeah. for for me with those. I, I really liked yes. the first movie. I saw the second one, um, and then watched it maybe at home once, and then I saw the last one one time in the theater, and that was enough for me. I, I laughed out loud in the theater during the third movie. Yeah. <laughs> I did not. Yeah, I did not care for. What I I got a lot of dirty seeing. looks. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was mm. during Thorin's fight with with Azog on the ice. Oh yeah! <laughs> wow! It's like oh wow! I'm watching the end of a video game. All right. <laughs> yeah. There were just so many moments in that that last movie that felt like oh I'm gonna get the the payoff of that scene in an extended cut that I'll have to pay for. <laughs> there were just so many sequences that just felt like. Like I think when uh, Bayorn shows up to the battle, it's like he's barely in it for maybe like you know fifteen seconds, and it's like oh I, I bet I'm gonna get a scene with him, you know a good, you know, good worth worthwhile scene with him in the extended cut. But here we don't get it, so I was a little I don't know. I, it's like I could just feel felt like I could notice the 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 spots where there was missing information and. Mm-hmm. But that could be at the it's it's you know the sixth movie from Peter Jackson that I've you know experienced, so I kind of understand the way he does that sort of thing, I suppose. So maybe yeah. that's maybe that's on me for looking for the cracks. But <laughs> doing one of these podcasts changes you. Yeah, yeah. Well, all right. I think that'll probably do it for one seventy one, and uh, you guys can. Uh, Come back and, and join us tomorrow. Yeah, absolutely. Sounds yeah, good. Yeah. <laughs> so we will be back for 172 tomorrow. Uh, but until then, who watches The Watchmen? We do. We do. We do. <laughs> Watchmen are over. Added by a signal in the heavens. I'm guided by this earth.